Faith, family, freedom, hope, and opportunity. You're listening to Freedom Rings. I'm your host, Senator Marsha Blackburn. Hello there for our Freedom Rings audience. Thank you so much for joining us for another podcast. And again, you can find us wherever you pull down your favorite podcast. I'm Marsha Blackburn, and this morning, what a terrific guest we have for you. Michelle Steele has been elected to represent California's 48th District in the U.S. House of Representatives, and she is one of the first Korean-American women to ever serve in the U.S. House, and she has a fascinating story of how her family came from socialism to the United States in order to pursue their version of the American dream. So, Michelle, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting me today. And let's talk first off about that family story that you have of how your family escaped from North Korea, and then you are into Seoul, and then on to Japan, and then (laughs) to the U.S. So why don't you give us a snapshot of that journey? So my both parents fled from North Korea when communists came in and then went to South and both uh, actually came from the different cities. So without American military, there's no way I was born. They met both of them in Busan. It's a South Port uh, city. And that's the way they got married. And then I was born. So I am just so grateful to, you know, American veterans, especially Korean War veterans. So every time I see them, I thank them. That's the reason that I'm here. They are the reasons. And then my father was a diplomat. And I was born in Korea, and I was raised in Japan because my father's first post was in Japan was a reason. So I finished my junior high, high school, and first year of college. And then I went, I came to United States when I was 19 to go to college because my father saw me that how to pronounce that uh, English words because in Japan that, you know, we call like McDonald's, it's McDonaldo and doctor is Dokutoru. And my father was very worried English major in Japan University. And you really have to go to America to learn proper English was the reason he sent me here. And then he passed away. So my mom came with my younger, two younger sisters. And she was a teacher all her life in Korea and Japan. But when you come to United States without speaking English, you have to do something. That was the clothing shop. And she opened a clothing shop in downtown Los Angeles. And she ran for that. But you know what? Without speaking English, it was very hard to do. You open seven days work. And I went to school seven o'clock in the morning. And as soon as my first class is done, I came back to work and then I went to school at night. So I never actually had sandwich at once, you know, you eat during the lunchtime. And, you know, after like a few years, my mom said, why don't we just open up the clothing, uh, clo- uh, you know, close down the clothing shop because it's seven days work to something like a s- shorter hours. It's a building ca- sandwich shop. So she moved on to that, 
and then state board of equalization. That's the only tax agency that in the you know fifty out of fifty states. That's the only tax agency that you have to get elected. It's a partisan, and they collect the sales tax and their tax court, and they're the one actually assessed my mom that. You owe us taxes. You used to pay so much, and you didn't pay. You know what? When you're ready to close down the store, your inventory goes down. So she paid the taxes accordingly. But first generation, you get a letter from the tax agency. She was very scared, so she paid the taxes that she didn't owe, plus the interest and penalty on the top of it. So That's she the didn't brief owe things. them. She never and, owed that. Uh, they came in and said, "You do owe this." And because of that, then she lost that business. No, no, no. She, she shut continued. down, but she had to pay taxes that she didn't know, yeah. and interest and penalty on the top of it. So when that seat opened up, I told my husband, "I'm running to help small businesses." That's the way that my political career started. And that was not the first time your family had seen government come in and take over a business. This happened to your grandfather mm-hmm. with his lumber business in North Korea, correct? Yeah, she ha- he had to move. Communists came in and they gave him 24 hours. And then one carrier with one cow that you can carry out. But when you have a lumber business, how are you going to carry all these woods out, right, from his business? He had to just put whatever he can, and then they came down to South Korea. So you know the impact that socialism has on a family, on your spirit, on your livelihood, on your way of life. You've lived it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I know what we have in the United States. Well, you know, let's begin with that. I came here when I was 19 and I'm, you know, I was standing in front of the Capitol. I actually had a teary eyes because, you know what, in America, you are representing one of 435 Congress members. I achieved the American dream because in this country, when you work hard, you get your own opportunity that you can achieve American dream. But I think a lot of people, you know, when I hear from the younger generations or the other side of the party that, you know what, they don't even know what they have. You have freedom, you have opportunity, and you know what, you work hard, you can get it here in this country. But you know what, they never really appreciate it because they never really saw what's going on in different countries. So I always tell people that, you know what, those people who don't appreciate America, they have to go to Venezuela or mm-hmm. Cuba, North Korea, China, without mm-hmm. money. Yeah. Live there for a few months, they're going to realize that what they have in this country. And when you look at what the Biden administration is doing, how, how do you assess the steps that they are taking to implement a socialist agenda. It's just amazing. Why they never really looking at the revenue side? You know, I'm a number person. I came from the tax agency. When you're looking at the cost expenses that, you know, you go, then you're always looking at the revenue side. We don't have revenue. Yes, you want to help poor people or low-income family members. Yes, you want to do everything. 
but you really have to look at it. Infrastructure bill, same thing to $1.2 trillion. You have only $600 billion revenue. How are you going to cover it? In California, we pay $8.49 per gallon in San Francisco area, one of oh the gas goodness. stations. <laughs> and on the top of it, they want to create mileage travel tax. That's just outrageous. And social spending bills, $1.75 trillion. That's not $1.75. Next 10 years, it's going to be $4.2 trillion. I don't want my kids and grandchildren to pay for it. They have to really look at what's coming in, and then you have to spend because most of families, they do. You have a $1,000 income. You try to put maybe a few dollars set aside for rainy day bonds. And then other than that, that you have to spend under of whatever you bring it in. But government should not run business like this. Well, you're right about that. And government ought not to be running business like that. Um, and government ought not to be running business out. Uh, they should be uh, there to help businesses flourish. Now, uh, you mentioned children and grandchildren. So talk a little bit about your family. I have um, my husband of 40 years. And he supports me no matter what I do. And I'm just as luckiest woman in the whole world. And I have two daughters and one married to Navy officer. He's a Navy psychiatrist, just came back from deployment last May. And I have one grandson who is two years old. And you know what? I don't see him much. I want to see him more, hopefully during the Christmas time. And then I have um, my second daughter who actually works for Homeland Security. She graduated from Georgetown for national security major for graduate school. So she's married and she's expecting granddaughter from me next March. So I have a perfect, great family. And you know what? Everybody supports me and we're going to gather together during the Christmas time. Well, that is that is wonderful to know. When you look at the issues that you have the opportunity to handle um, in the U.S. House, what are the most important issues to you? I know small business is mm -hmm. one and reducing the compliance burden on small business. So talk a little bit about the issue set you're focused on. You know what? I think tax matter is the most important part. You cannot keep raising taxes because I think hard-earned money that all these taxpayers, they have to put it in their pocket, not on the government's pocket. So that's the most important part. Second thing is, as we mentioned, the China. You know what? There's a lot of human rights violations. I just sent a letter out to 17 corporations that who are sponsoring uh Beijing Olympic next year. So Senator Ted Cruz and I sent a letter out to remove Olympic from Beijing to another safer city because our athletes are going in. So now that I'm asking these corporations to, since it never happened and it is happening, the Olympic is happening in Beijing. So I sent a letter out to corporations that you have a platform, billion of dollars of platform. You're making so much money from the Olympics, but why don't you spend a little bit to let China, let people know how China is treating Uyghur community. And, you know, this, 
it, like against Muslims and against Christians mm -hmm. and human human rights violations, I think they can put just a little bit of money and let whole world know what China gov Chinese government is doing. Well, that's a, a good idea because the Chinese Communist Party thinks they're going to use the Olympics not only to uh, burnish their image and make them look good, but also to promote their digital yuan, uh, to promote what they're doing with corporations from mm -hmm. around the world and try to change the world opinion. They're not going to want to talk about being the communist Chinese and what they're doing to the Tibetans and the Mongolians and mm -hmm. the genocide they're carrying out on the Uyghurs and products that they're making with slave labor and debt diplomacy mm -hmm. that they're practicing and holding other nations subservient to them. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's a really good step. What other issues are you focused on? I just want to say thank you to you that you and I send a letter out together to Department of Education yes. regarding that Confucius Institute right. that we really have to get rid of because they are using that school's for their own propaganda. So that's most important. For me, other thing is just, um, you know, stopping social spending for $1.75 trillion. But at the same time, right now that we have, you know, supply chain crisis, it's in my district. That's, you know, we had the oil spill because of all these ships are mm -hmm. waiting there. Usually we have 15 to 17 ships. Now 170 ships are waiting to unload. So I send a letter out to, this is very important for American people because when ships are waiting longer and unload, we're not going to have anything on the shelves. At the same time that they go around and try to go to Florida and other areas, shipping cost is going to be doubled. Mm -hmm. Then that's going to cause inflation too. And everything's going to be more expensive. So I send a letter out to Governor Newsom to actually to uh, declare the state of emergency so we can stop AB5. You remember you and um, actually... I am so grateful. I'm mm -hmm. learning so much from you, <laughs> you uh, and uh, Ellis Stefanik and Senator Tim Scott right. and I tried to do modernize uh, Workers Act that right. you know how I I just don't understand that you know how this California's failed policy that giving independent mm -hmm. workers cannot work unless they belong to certain companies why they are passing it at the federal level. So I asked governor to declare the state of emergency and bypass that AB5 so truckers can come in and any truckers, independent truckers, right, right now they cannot come into California. So they can start <clears throat> actually deliver and unload from the ships and deliver those containers to outside of California or anywhere they suppose go. So during the Christmas, you know what, hopefully that everybody can get their own things that they want. And we have to really stop this inflation. I mean, it's just like the way too much crazy spending. That's going to well, cause more. You know, it seems that around here you have people that think money grows on trees and all they have to do is crank up the printing press. And all of a sudden you have new money. 
And of course, you and I know that that is it, that is not true. You've also had some focus on helping to create diversity in Congress and on the Republican side of the <laughs> aisle. Why don't you touch on those efforts? You know what? It really never happens overnight. And the Republican Party was not really good at messaging. I think. So you know what? Mostly important thing is you just communicate and you go into those communities. In California, I've been working that for last thirty years, and seems like I ended up running for Congress. But you know what? We are bringing a lot of、uh, Asian Americans. I concern. Concentrate more of Asian American community, so bring them into the local.、Uh, they can run local、uh, office. You know anything、mm-hmm. they want, then they can be trained and they can move up. So in Orange County, we have so many Asian Americans that actually they are representing as a city council, and school board and other stuffs at right now this point. So you know what, we really have to keep going out. For example, for Georgia, you know, we lost、uh, Senator Perdue lost by fifteen thousand fifty thousand votes.、Mm-hmm. We have four percent of registered voters are Republic. I mean,、uh, Asian Americans. Most of Asian Americans, about sixty percent of them, they're not identifying themselves that they're Republicans or Democrats. There are two hundred eighty thousand people that they can vote. Means that utilize us, me, young Kim, first generation Korean Americans. We actually did a rally last year in December for Senator Perdue's campaign. But you know what? We have to go out, and I know California is totally hopeless. But Georgia, we can still make. Well, let's not say they're hopeless. <laughs> let's hope that they <laughs> give a turn around. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, your family fled communism. You fled communism.、Uh, you were here. So, what does freedom mean to you? Freedom, you cannot really describe it. You know, freedom means that you can work hard and you can achieve American dream. And this is very important for everybody that who knows. And I want every Americans achieve their American dream too. So, freedom is the most important things. And I hope younger generations. The other side, hopefully, that they understand that what freedom means and what they have in America. Well, we certainly hope that they do, and I know our podcast audience is going to want to know a little bit more about you. And they will find you on Twitter and Facebook at Michelle Still CA, and your website MichelleStill dot com. Thank you. Thank、Jim. you so much for joining us today, and to our audience, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to this episode of Freedom Rings. You can follow me on Twitter at Vote Marsha, Facebook at Marsha Blackburn for Senate, and on Instagram at Team Marsha. And you can always find us online at marshablackburn.com. The Freedom Rings podcast is edited and produced by Jared Cummings. Executive producers are Conservative Partnership Center and Marsha Blackburn. Together, we make Freedom Rings.